This episode of Friends Fit 40s is all about the fitness. We're going to talk about the things that we do throughout the week to stay motivated with fitness. We're going to talk about some of our strategies at the gym. And of course, there will be some homework. Get your notebooks ready. Friends Fit 40s is coming up. Friends Fit 40s is brought to you by Laura Mellenbrook and Stephanie Whiteman. This is a podcast about our fitness and wellness journey. We are two working moms in the Midwest who seek to live our best life. However, we are novices in the world of fitness. By novice, read no clue. And our fitness budget is teeny tiny. So we are figuratively climbing a steep mountain. And someday we are really going to climb that mountain. We are excited to share our ups, our downs, and our roadblocks. Boy, have we had some of those. But we have learned a ton. And we want you to hear all about our mistakes, as well as our celebrations. Our journey has led us to emphasize the value of friendship, cooperation over competition, and celebrating the small victories along the way. This podcast is an invitation for you to join our journey. Learn with us, laugh with us, and actively construct your best day today, and then again tomorrow. Welcome to Friends Fit 40s. Welcome to Friends Fit 40s. We are so glad that you're here today. Today, we're going to talk all about... All about the fitness, folks. fitness. This is what we do day in and day out. This is the meat of our lives right now. So we're going to start with talking about us by the numbers. The numbers are not necessarily what we track every day, um, but we also think that this is probably what you might be interested in. Like, did this thing work for them? Right. Did we see a difference after we've been doing this for 18 months? Or are we the exact same person that we were when we started? Yeah. So here's how we grew in 18 months. Okay, I'm going to let you pause for a minute because we went from running zero miles. Zero miles for years. To seven miles in 18 months. Now, I know some of you guys are really big runners and you're like, eh. But that was huge for us. Right. That was, I mean, every single mile we celebrated. Right. Because literally the day before we ran, like for 20 minutes the first time, I ran zero, like not, I'm not a runner. Basically, I told myself, I told Stephanie, I will run if someone's chasing me. And that's the reason why I will run. But we were challenged by this trainer that we had work where we were working with to run for 20 minutes. And so we did. And it was awful. I thought I was going to die. We started running at that 20 minutes where we thought we were going to die. And we expanded it to an hour and 20 minutes by the end of our kind of 18 months. So that was big. And in fact, we actually ran to another town. Yes, So I feel like that was a reason to celebrate. If you're going to run seven miles, you might as well run somewhere for that seven miles. Um, We also, so like we said, mentioned that we started at 20 minutes that we were running. That that was our beginning goal that we had that very first day to then the hour and 20 minutes. So the speed increased too over the time. And also just our ability to run and carry a conversation. Like that's something that's not necessarily in a number, but 
we were barely able to talk to each other that first time yes. when we were running at that four point what four point four on yeah. the on the, on the treadmill. treadmill. Which is a great place to start. And some for some folks, that might be where you want to end. I mean, but for us, that was that was our starting place. So we've been able to increase it since then. Also, we've increased our what we were able to bench press. We started at 55 pounds. And when we were last at the gym, which was March 2020. Well, no, I take that back. Actually, it was August 2020 that we were able to do 85 pounds with a couple of sets of 12 or 10 to 12. Now, we continue to work our bench press and those muscles with some dumbbells, but not quite the 85 pounds. Right. So we can't do that at home, but yeah. we're, we're going to get back there. We are. We were able to add two inches to our box jumps, which was fantastic because the first time we put a box out there, we just stood and stared at it. It was kind of scary, folks. Like when you look at this box that you're supposed to get on top of in one leap. <laughs> yeah. How does <laughs> it's that intimidating. work? I mean, you're you're talking to somebody that's husband had to teach them how to jump up. <laughs> my arms apparently went down when I was trying to jump up. Apparently, that's not a thing. <laughs> but I mean, we got decent at box jumps over time. We started using box jumps as celebrations, which is kind of exciting because that first time that we looked at the box, it was super scary and intimidating. And remember, Laura, when I had a birthday and you're like, and for your birthday present, you're going to do some more box jumps. We went ahead and did extra box jumps for her birthday, as well as like an extra long plank because that's sometimes, I mean, if you're working out and you're celebrating, you might as well celebrate with a little bit of a challenge. So we did. Exactly. It was awesome. Kind of crazy. Valentine's Day, 10 box jumps. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There's your challenge. All right. So our hip thrust went from 45 pounds to 100 pounds. And we figured out that hip thrusts were a thing. <laughs> right. They actually help increase your ability to run. Our husbands actually kind of made fun of a hip thrust. Um, we just thought that they were weird. And so then we started researching them because we were like, okay, are we doing this just to look weird at the gym or is there some is there a kind purpose? of benefit, right? There's, and there's a, a purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yes, they help you run. And we were able then to get up to hundred pounds with our hip thrust. So we were pretty proud of that and run seven miles. So maybe those two things are connected. So we'll talk about dress size. My dress size went from a size 12 to a size eight. And that was nice. It was nice to go into a store and look at a size eight and be able to fit into it. We celebrated that. Yes, we did. <laughs> and I went from a dress size 12, 14 to a size 10. That was exciting. I remember going in, like even just trying on like a size medium and it fitting and looking really well. The, the big thing for me though, Stephanie, was my short size. Now I know you're not a short wearer, if that's even a <laughs> right. way to phrase that. I'm a skirt wearer, not a short wearer. <laughs> she doesn't love shorts. Not because they don't fit her, because they do. But it's just something she's not ever worn on a regular basis. But that day, you know, before I went on that trip to Texas with my family that I mentioned in episode one, I think, yes. I went on to try on my shorts because we're going to Texas in June. It's hot, folks, so you, you need some shorts. And my size 12s didn't fit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have. And and to me, it was just a, uh, what did I do to get to get to the point where I need a larger size shorts? And so 
I had to get a size 14. And so I wore those 14s in Texas. And then after the 18 months, I was able to pass on the 14s, pass on the 12s, and I went down to the 10s. And it was really exciting for me because I was upset that I had gotten myself into a place where I needed the 14s, but really yeah. excited that I was able to come back down to, to a 10s and needing to buy new 10s. So <laughs> that was a big moment for me. And we celebrated. And so I lost, ended up losing 20 pounds so far. I think that there may be a few pounds left to lose but honestly with the whole thing I've just been happy and I'm happy with myself and so if I lose a few more pounds that's great if not I can sustain this that is totally fine I think that sounds amazing and I have lost in those 18 months 30 pounds and so I have a few more pounds that I would like to lose too but really the point that really matters to me is that I feel better. Mm -hmm. I have more energy. I feel like I can attack the day. And that was something I was missing before those 18 months. So that's those intangibles. Those were the things like by the numbers, that's important to the people that are listening. The intangibles, the feelings were the things that were really valuable to us. I daily now feel like I'm living my best life. I can celebrate more. I'm happier. I don't have that morning molasses. I just enjoy the life that I'm living right now. I have better relationships. I have relationships with friends and family members that I hadn't had in the past. And I feel like I'm reaching out and pulling in people into my life that people that I want to be part of their lives and learn their stories too. I was offered some new work opportunities and I can't help but to think that it was because of this you were over- feeling better. I was feeling better and I was yeah. happier and made more jokes and just a little bit more laid back about things. It had to have helped with some of the opportunities that I was given. So, Laura, what are some of your intangibles? What are some of the things that you started feeling throughout this process? Well, Stephanie, I noticed a lot of the similar things that you did. And just that when I woke up in the morning, I was feeling ready to start my day. I was having more energy. I was definitely more patient, both at work and at home. And just feeling good, feeling like I had a kick in my step, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that I was ready to attack whatever was, you know, given to me. And it just like you said, that molasses was gone. And it just made a big difference in how I approached everything. Kind of like sunshine, right? right? Right. Daily sunshine. I think that once we started doing these things and noticing the changes, then we became more open to other kinds of things like mindfulness and yoga and possibly ways that we can elevate ourselves even more. I agree. What did we do? Right? Because remember, we started and we were just kind of going through the motions at the gym and that wasn't working. Yes. So we were gym goers. We were showing up there. We were. And we had to change. Yeah. (laughs) Because it wasn't working for us. It sure wasn't. So initially, uh, well, I mean, let me back up because I have to state that we were committed to doing it together. Yes. 
And the focus was on that cooperation and not yes. the competition yes. because we we both wanted to succeed. We wanted the other person to succeed. Yes. And so it was about working together on this journey. And that's what really made a difference, I think. And we put it first. I mean, it it has been and was a priority uh, from the day we started through today. That today we're going to get this workout in. The 18 months ago, that day we're going to get the workout in, we decided that we were going to make this a priority. We're working moms. Everything else in life has been a priority. And deep breath, we decided to make this one too. Yep. So initially, you know, we started off probably just going and doing these workouts like three days a week. Yeah. Um, where we would walk 10 minutes, we would do weights for 20 to 30, and then we would run for 20 at a 4.4 miles per hour. Now, I know some of you guys might be like, okay, that's really fast. And others might be, wow, you guys were walking. <laughs> right. That was a run. That was a jog for us. And and that was about all that we could handle at the time. Because right. we the day before, we ran zero miles yes. per hour. And so anything above 4.4, and we weren't going to want to come back the next day. So we started that treadmill at 4.4, and we huffed it. For 20 minutes. Right. We counted down minute by minute. Well, we really did. Like, we got to five. And we're like, okay, five minutes, four minutes. And then we grew to now, currently, you know, we're we're doing workouts five to six days a week. We actually have realized the importance of rest days. And so we do purposely take a rest day in a week, sometimes two, because we understand the value of those. And then today, 18 months later, we are currently, we will do a warm-up with a short walk, and then we will do three to five days of weights, strength, upper body, lower body, um, the different types that we needed to get in, and then we will run five days a week. And we're running, you know, a short run is about 30 minutes, and then yes. we try to get at least one day a weekend where we do a longer run which is more mileage. Yes. And those long runs, we're able to make up to an hour, which after Laura's surgery, we are pretty proud of that. That is, it's big to, to be able to do that a, a longer run again yeah. um, after having surgery. So Right. So we started at those one minute runs about two weeks, three weeks after Laura's surgery. And so we've slowly moved that up again. We move it up about 10% a week. Um, is kind of the rule that we've gone by so that we're not pushing it too hard. Our goal is to make sure that we want to run again tomorrow. It's important to note here that we worked with a trainer. We are teachers, so we don't have a lot of money to invest in our workouts. However, we felt that investing in a trainer was going to be the best use of our money because we are not trained to know how to lift the weights or how to do the kinds of exercises that we've been able to do. So our trainer's name is Laura Moore. She is amazing. She's enthusiastic and fun. Laura Muhlenbrook knew her prior to uh, the 18-month day where she called her up and said, Hey, I need help. Yes. Uh, we knew her from our gym, but she later moved to St. Louis. And so she has helped us completely online. Right. It's been awesome. It's been fantastic. And she has never met with us one time. So if you are interested in working with Laura Moore, I know that she would be more than happy to work with you as well. We've included all of her contact information in our show notes. So one other investment that we made at the very beginning, actually, was probably about two months in. Right. Yeah. When we realized, oh, this isn't working. Right. 
is a pair of good shoes. Right. We we realized really quickly that our worn out gym shoes were not going to cut it. No. And that's probably not a shocker to you all, but we were hoping because shoes are expensive and we spend a lot of money just on a pair of work shoes so that we can walk around the classroom all day. So gym shoes seem like an expense that is unnecessary. I kept going to Joe's New Balance outlet and getting like their $30 New Balance shoes. And I quickly found out that while those are good for walking every day, they are not good for working out. Especially running. Yeah. Because that's a lot of pressure on all your joints. And so we found that Brooks seemed to be um, a really good shoe for us. And I will let you know that they are not paying us in any way, shape, or form. But we kind of figured out and tested a couple different types and those seem to be the ones that worked for us. Yes. And, and so, we continue to wear them to this day. Absolutely. Uh, we wear Brooks Ghost shoes and Laura spent a lot of time researching good run shoes. Now, remember, sh- she wasn't a runner. Neither of us were runners. And so sh- we had to spend time actually thinking about what is it you wear on your feet when you run. So Laura did that. And she also spent a ton of time researching how to get these shoes as inexpensive as possible. Right. Because we don't have a great budget that we're working with and we wanted to get the best deal. So we were able to get them for about $100, which normally they're, you know, you can get them for about 130 So yeah. we, we got them for a little bit of a discount. One of the things that we were wondering when we started working out was, okay, so when are we going to get a runner's high? Like, when is this going to start feeling good? <laughs> Does it stay? Because it didn't happen day one. So. Oh, no. In the beginning, it was just hard. Right? Like, and it was lab- laborious. Like, we had to work to get through it. Let's just talk about the treadmill at that very beginning for just a minute. So you're standing on the treadmill, right? And you hit that quick start button. That's probably the easiest way to turn on the treadmill. There is an initial jolt. So just be ready for yeah. that. You didn't see this, but but Laura like shut up in her chair for just a minute <laughs> to show you the jolt, but you didn't see it. So then you've got to set your pace and you don't want to set it too high because it's going to feel like you're going to spin off the treadmill. Like you might fly off the back. Right. Which we might have accidentally done a time or two. Yeah. So like 7.0, if you're somebody like us, is too high. So it's good to set it at a walking pace, you know, like 2.5, 3.0. Our walking pace is between 3.0 and 4.0, depending upon the day. And then for us, running is everything over 4.0. So on particularly rough days, we started off at 4.2 and just kind of like walk ran and called it a run. And then we also, then we moved up from there. When you're doing these things, watch for the incline. <laughs> because sometimes the treadmill will get on an incline and it's going to feel like you're w- working really, really, really hard at like a 2.0. And you're going to be like, man, I decreased in my ability to do anything. What happened? And sometimes it's just those automatic uh, settings that they have. And all of a sudden you hit something on it. And then all of a sudden you hear this. And the treadmill itself is going up or down. You could even have decline. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, so... It's- so weird. Be 
level. So just quick start is going to get you going flat for the most part. When you start working with these uh, different kinds of programs that are on your treadmill, like the fat burning one or the cardio one or whatever, that's when they start messing with the inclines. And those are fun. And it's a good plan, especially for long term. But if you've never been on a treadmill before, just just be ready for all of that kind of fun. And make sure that you set the mountains for a later kind of workout, maybe not your first one. So when we started working out, we didn't really feel this runner's high. Right. Not at all. Because it, like we said, it was just hard and we were just trying to get through the workout. However, after Laura started recovering from surgery, this is when, and this was like a year later, This is when we kind of put all the pieces together, right? It was really awesome, actually, how we figured it out. So we both were walking after I had had surgery, and that's all we were doing because that's all I could do. And Stephanie was just staying by my side and doing it with me. Yes, we were walking. And it was probably two weeks in, and I kind of came to her and I said, you know, Stephanie, I I mean, I just feel like the surgery, I just feel kind of feel blah. Like, I don't feel like I have much energy, but I'm pretty sure it's just from having surgery because I had major surgery. And so I'm thinking, this is why I feel this way. But then Stephanie said, I said, I feel blah, too. And I was like, but you didn't have surgery. How can that be? Right. And it was feeling like my days were just slow and stuck. And that's when we kind of put the pieces together to realize that though we were walking and not to dismiss the power of walking. It's a great exercise. But for us, we weren't getting those endorphins. Yep. And we needed them. Right. We absolutely 100% needed them. And I think our husbands wanted us to need them too. <laughs> right? Because we just weren't ourselves. We we didn't have the patience, all those intangibles that we talked about in segment two. We didn't have those because yes. we weren't feeling that rush of endorphins that you get from working out hard. And when we started adding up to even five to seven minute runs again, we started feeling it like, it felt normal. It felt good. It felt the way it should feel. And that's what we attribute these endorphins to feel like. So it took us a year before we even made the connection. However, Laura did some research on endorphins. She's our awesome researcher today. So I looked at a study from John Hopkins University that said that euphoric feeling that you get from running may actually be from Okay, so Stephanie's going to have to use this word because she's the wordsmith. Endocannabinoids. Endocannabinoids. Wait for this. This is awesome. So it's biochemical substances similar to cannabis, but naturally produced in the body. So we were producing pot and we weren't even in Colorado. That's so crazy. <laughs> yes. Did you know your bodies could do that? <laughs> so this this research was um, article was written by David Linden. He, he has a PhD and then the professor of neuroscience at the John Hopkins University of Medicine. I was reading and I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. Like that could be happening. And yes. we didn't even realize we it. We didn't even realize it. So maybe it was endocannabinoids. Maybe it was this endorphin thing. Um, regardless of that, the studies do show a relationship between regular exercise and a positive boost in mood and a lower rate of depression. And we both saw this firsthand. I think that when you go to any kind of mindfulness, any kind of have be happy 
positive energy type of thing. If you look at those top five lists, exercise is going to be one of them. They are. And so that's why it's important to do that on a regular basis. And that's why your doctor tells you to and and all the articles out there mention it as well. So we found that we needed it for, for those endorphins and just for our well-being. And we witnessed it firsthand. It was not in the first month. We were hoping, but uh, it, it took us a year to figure out what was going on and a year and not being able to feel good for a while, too, uh, that allowed us to really appreciate what we were able to do when we were feeling well. So now it's time for us to talk about our weekly homework. Ta-da-da! So last week's homework, we asked you to try working out with a variety of friends. Just ask different people to work out with them. The friends that you hang out with all the time or maybe a friend or two that you haven't quite hung out with a lot yet, but you think would be a great workout friend. So this week, we're going to challenge you to choose one of those friends and give the treadmill a try. Or if if you live somewhere warm or even cold, you can bundle up, uh, lace up your shoes and head outside for a jog around the block. Or down the street. Absolutely. You can start off at that 4.2, that 4.4, or, you know, 5.5 or 6, wherever it is that you want to go. But but see if one of those friends wants to go out and uh, give a little bit of running a try or a walk. Yeah. Power walking is amazing. Just as you think about these things, don't aim to be fast at first. Just aim to finish. Yep. Give yourself a goal of how long or how far and try to meet that. Yes. So that's your homework this week. Write it down in your notebook, what you did and who you went with, so that next time you can kind of look over that notebook and you've noted it, and then we can figure out ways that you can build upon that. So enjoy your week. Go. Move. Breathe. Share kindness with others. You've got got this. this.